Welcome to the Property Nomads podcast. Welcome to episode 366, Mold Part 2, The Solutions. In last week's property episode, we looked at the causes of mold and established that there, there are multiple reasons why mold can be caused. Ultimately, it could be down to, number one, what's happening internally in the home. Uh, but secondly, what is happening externally outside of the home and what we mean by that is you know when was a home built what type of construction is it is it a solid brick construction is it 1950s concrete built all of those sorts of things we also looked very briefly at the differences between damp mold and condensation in effect we discussed that damp the two main types of damp is rising damp i.e coming up from the floor penetrative damp, i.e. coming through the walls or the roof or somewhere like that. Discuss the condensation is can be quite common and it can happen just as a result of day-to-day living. But if that condensation is not managed or looked after or dealt with, then that can lead to mould moving forwards. So what are the solutions? Well, the solutions really depend on where the mold is coming from, in all fairness. There are a couple of generic solutions. First of all, um, if you are a landlord or a landlady and you listen to this, then you will probably at some point in your property career have dealt with this issue either directly with a tenant or through a lettings agent. Is mold the issue of the landlord or is it issue of the tenant? And the answer is it's both because it's both, but it also depends where it's come from. So if the mold has come from a result of people just living their lives, i.e. your tenants just living their lives, living normally, then you need to be able to work with the tenant in order to educate them uh, about ventilation a lot of the time mold can be avoided because most of the time ventilation is the answer now it's a a tough subject i'll do my best to go over as many solutions as i can without sounding like i'm trying to have a go at every single tenant because sometimes landlords aren't much better but also what we can do with these solutions is bear this in mind when it comes to your own home, because maybe you've got some of these issues in your own home. So we can also look at this as well. I'm just going to approach this episode from a landlord and tenant perspective, but also bear in mind that these solutions, these lessons and these thoughts and these ideas can apply to you and your own home as well. So from a landlord or tenant point of view, Let's just say there's mold and people can't put their finger on it. This is where you start. You've got to start asking the questions. Uh, you know, when are you when you're cooking, is there an extractor fan that you're using so that all of that hot air is being taken out of the home and it's being replaced with fresh air? Are you cooking with your windows open? If you are, great. Are you cooking with an extraction fan that's working? If so, great. This is where you start to get 
tenants that will they might do a lot of cooking, but they might never open the door or they might never open a window. And that is where that hot air is meeting the cold air. And if they're not, if they haven't got the knowledge of that or they're not looking after it, then that's when generic condensation can turn to mold. It's the same in bedrooms. A lot of the time, it you, you know, you will get a lot of mold. You can get a lot of mold in, in the corners of rooms or behind the bed or predominantly around the windows. And that comes down to a couple of things. Number one, lack of ventilation. And again, that might be tenant not opening a window. It could be the window not having trickle vents. Uh, it could just come down to general cleanliness. And you could, you're starting to see now that these conversations are necessary, but can also be quite tricky because trying to politely tell someone to live in a better way or to at least have a bit of a better general cleanliness uh, can be quite challenging. But if that stops mould happening, then it's, it's, of course, it's a benefit of the tenant. Of course, it's a benefit of yourself as well, because you know your property is going to be getting looked after. So simple solutions. If you are cooking uh, or whatever it is you're doing, always try and have a window open in a room for at least five, 10 minutes a day. Now that applies whether it's 30 degrees outside or minus five degrees outside. Get your window open for a little bit. That will help to circulate the airflow that will help to get rid of the stale air in the home and replace it with fresh air. Job done. Let's just say, for example, you don't want to open a window, but you have trickle vents. The trickle vents are little vents you put on top of windows. And again, it helps to uh, in, enhance airflow into the home with, without having your window open. If you've got trickle vents on your windows, great. Always recommend having your trickle vents open. Again, it allows that airflow in, solves half the issue. If you haven't got trickle vents, not an issue. Look at the windows, as we've just said. So replacing that air is quite important. It's the same when you are, you're cooking or you're having a shower, for example. If you're one of your wet rooms, if there is mechanical extraction, so for example, there's an intermittent extractor fan, use it, okay? Because that's designed to get rid of the, that, all that hot air that's being created and it's designed to replace it with fresh air. So if your bathrooms, kitchens, toilets, etc., do have intermittent extractor fans, make sure that they are working, but also make sure that they are taking that air out of the home and replacing it with fresher air. You can get, depending on who's installed it, you can get these kitchen extractor fans where you turn it on and it makes a sound and you think it's working, but it's not because it's not extracting the air to anywhere. So you need to make sure that those things are happening. So if your home or your property's got them, make sure they're working, make sure they're functioning, and make sure the tenants know that they should really be using them when they're doing their activities in those rooms. If you don't have kitchen extractor fans or intermittent extractor fans, um, okay, not ideal, but then you need to go back to 
get the windows open, get your trickle vents open, either or, or both of them. So with inside the home, general day-to-day -day living, these things can happen. The other thing we touched on is general cleanliness. Now, that's a difficult one to approach, and that's why we need to be as constructive and as diplomatic as possible when it comes to dealing with mould in the home. Because if the, if, if the tenants don't have a general good level of hygiene, that's always going to make things a, a bit trickier. Not impossible, but certainly a bit trickier. Other things that people do in general that are not good uh, is if they see condensation, then they might just leave it. You've always got to be on top of condensation. So wiping your windows, uh, using, you know, you can do that by hand or you've got these you know, cartridge devices where, you know, it, uh, you can clean up all the condensation quite quickly with the use of a machine. You can get rid of all those droplets. It's important to manage the condensation and be on top of it. That's a lot easier to do if you're aware of it and you've also got an understanding of it. If you leave it, that will turn to mould. And if, again, the tenant's not aware of that, <clears throat> excuse me, or they don't have a good level of hygiene, then they're going to leave the mould. And if you leave the mould, it will get worse and it gets worse and it gets worse. And the problem will just end up getting worse to the point where it can be not healthy. They're the things that you can do inside the home. Now, I'm not saying that every time you do that, it's going to work. Why? Because if the issue is external, i.e. it's a problem with the building, then that needs to be looked at. But by working with the tenants, what you'll find more times than often is by working with the tenants and getting them to have a, a bit more knowledge of these things and working with it, you'll find that that will get rid of most of the issues. However, if it is an issue with the building itself, then we've got to look at getting rid of that issue. So how could these things happen in the first place? Well, it could be the type of build that the home is. So if it's solid brick, you know, there is no cavity. It's just solid. does exactly what it says in the tin. Now, you might have a loose tile and it rains, water gets into the home. And if no one knows about that and it's not treated, over time, mould can happen. Your guttering might be broken. Your faces, your soffits, they might be wooden. And if they're wooden and you live in an exposed area, again, over time, that rain is going to, or the weather in general, it's going to soak the wooden uh, soffits, etc. Over time, that will go through the brickwork. And then, boom, that's why you end up with, over time, mould in certainly the corners of the bedrooms. And again, that could be a simple thing like uh, putting up uh, faces, soffits, making sure they're UPVC, ideally, looking at your guttering. Is your guttering full? Is it clear? Are the tiles, it, what's the roof like? Are there any missing roofs on the tile? Uh, are there any missing tiles on the roof? Anything like that. So these are the external things that we as, as landlords or you as a homeowner in general, you can look at. Is the guttering working? So you might have 
your guttering at the top of the home working fine. But then if it's going down the downpipe, where's it going to at, at the bottom? Because if it's not going directly into a drain or it, and it's then coming back onto the brickwork, i.e. the water is coming down the downpipe and then it's just sitting on the brickwork, again, those bricks will become very wet over time. The water will go through those bricks and you will end up with, you know, if you've got a suspended timber floor, that could certainly start rotting away the timbers. That could lead to rising damp. Again, if that damp's not treated, that can turn to mould over a long period of time. So again, with the weather, when the rain happens, when it's raining, it is the excess water, is it running away from the home? You've got to make sure it's running away from the home and that you are getting no none of the brickwork wet and that you are having no excess water sat around the, the base of your home. That will lead to a lot of issues. Those are things that are manageable. Those are things that can be looked at. Maybe you, you need a bit of repointing done. Again, it's something that can be identified and can be looked at. There are things that you can do. Now, there are going to be occasions where there, there is just not a lot you can do because the construction of the home is terrible. And this came from uh, uh, an article in The Observer uh, a little while ago. Uh, these, these tenants in this block of flats in, I believe it was somewhere in and around Hackney, uh, had a lot of issues with mould. And it, you know, some of the stories are horror stories, to be fair. And it seems to be it's to do with the, the way the homes were built. And again, we're looking at, you know, just after World War, Second World War, it's poor construction. These things have not lasted the test of time. And it sounds like it's a horror show. What I found interesting was a quote from one of the tenants that said, uh, we have a really good landlord and he looks after the flat, but it's a problem with the building. And at that point, you've hit a wall. Now, pardon the pun about hitting a wall. Sometimes that is... Unfortunately, that is the issue, that it is just the, the nature of the building itself, especially if it's a, an old block of flats. I'll be honest with you, I would say just knock it down and rebuild it using slightly more modern techniques. That's probably the best solution, but I understand that might not necessarily be feasible. Sometimes the tenant can do everything they can. Sometimes the landlord can do everything that they can. And if, like here in, in Hackney, using this example, if it's the generic construction of the buildings, i.e. a block of flats itself, sometimes you just got to throw your hands up in the air and dead. sometimes there's going to be nothing that you can do. Other things that you can look at are how the windows and doors are fixed. So are they installed properly? Sometimes if things like that are not installed properly, that can create a lot of issues moving forwards. It's interesting, on a side note, just getting off topic slightly, that when you look at mould and you look at these issues, a lot of the times people will just blame the landlords. Oh, bad private landlords, oh, they're terrible, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Quite a bit of the time, mould can be caused by the tenants themselves because they might not have the knowledge of what they need to do or what they should do. Sometimes it can be the landlord's fault, absolutely. Sometimes it can be. If they're not paying attention to 
the issues or they're just being overall negligent, that's bad. Sometimes even landlords might not have a clue about how to tackle these things, especially if it's to do with, again, if we're looking at guttering or a, a lost tile or repointing, sometimes the landlords might just not think about those things. It can happen. Most of the time it's going to be caused by, I would imagine, by the tenants. But there are, are times when it, it's just to do with how the building was built and it, the fact that it's not stood the test of time. What's interesting is that people will have a good old bash at private landlords, and yet if it's council run, social housing council run, then for some reason, funny how these things work, councils can seem to uh, get away with it. But they're also very quick to, you know, beat that stick at private landlords. But sometimes the social housing stock from the councils is is not much better, and you do get those horror stories as well. Um, uh, people just being frustrated about lack of response from the council, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that in, in a nutshell, we've all got to work with each other. We should all, uh, let's not point the fingers at each other and moan at each other. That's not constructive and it won't get anything done. At the end of the day, you need to come up with a good plan for dealing with damp mold and condensation, especially the condensation, because that will lead to mold over time. And that might be putting cleaning requirements in your AST, for example. It might be getting the tenant to do everything that they can, uh, you know, making sure that they're opening windows when they're cooking or having a shower, whatever it is, even if it's cold outside. As a landlord, landlady, your responsibility is to be looking at the external aspects of the home. So again, is the guttering okay? Are the faces and soffits, and they wouldn't. If so, maybe they need replacing for to UPVC. Are all the downpipes working properly? Uh, the, the, the runoff from the guttering, et cetera, is that all functioning properly? Are you getting water just being, you, you know, uh, make sure the runoff's okay. Make sure you don't have sitting water on your walls because that will create issues over time as well. Make sure you've got intermittent extractor fans in all your wet rooms make sure that they are installed make sure that they are working properly and again that's just to recycle the air maybe you've got trickle vents on your windows already if so great if not can you look at getting them installed they will probably help do you need to upgrade your windows do you need to upgrade the frames do you need to upgrade the glass all of these things will help moving forwards and the point of this episode and looking at the solutions is to say that some solutions should be done by the tenant some solutions should be done by the landlord and in general landlords and tenants have got to work together now if you listen to this and you're not in property but you know you, this a lot of this might apply to your own home have a chat with yourself about what can you do uh is it does it involve opening a window trickle rents etc etc there's a lot of ways to combat this i'd explore all those options first and if you are unfortunate, like some people where it is to do with, you know, if you're in a block of flats or whatever, and it's the generic build of it, uh, sometimes it's just not a lot you can do, uh, to be to be perfectly honest. So hopefully that's useful. Hopefully you've taken a lot of information away there. Have a, have a look at your buildings. Hopefully this helps you to go back and look at your portfolio, uh, speak with your lettings agents, have a chat with them, uh, do some visits, speak with the tenants, work with the tenants, and 
the more that this can be attacked from the from the start, then if you're on top of an issue, it never becomes much of an issue. If you're not on top of an issue and you just let it carry on and carry on and carry on, chances are it's going to become a lot more of an issue moving forward. So that's mold part two. And there are solutions. As always, please share this podcast with as many people as possible. And until next time, follow us on socials. Keep spreading the word of the Property Nomads podcast. Until next time, I'll feed the same. Thank you.